Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, it is my pleasure and honor to have our guests with us. And I personally believe there's a couple of things that they're coming with that I would like to step and take the time to welcome and thank them from the bottom of my heart for these things. Your time, Claire. That thing is precious. It is a valuable commodity. Many people don't know how to spend that correctly. The other is your journey. And I am so honored to have you here that you're willing to trust us here to just give you a space by which you can be and that you can share so that we can become better human spirits. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. Thank you so, so much for having me. I am really excited for us to get talking today. (laughs) It is my pleasure. I want you to tell the people all the things that you have created so far, that you have given birth and uh, from your journey. Oh, for sure. I would love to. Um, So where I'm at today is Mm -hmm. I am currently supporting, guiding, you know, holding space for anyone who has experienced a real identity crisis, if you will. Um, I, I personally can can relate. I like to call it my quarter life crisis, you know, that I went through personally <laughs> that brought me to where I'm at. Um, yeah. The main focus of what I do is I help people in that space who feel that despair, they feel lost. Um, mm-hmm. I help them to reconnect with themselves on a soul level, to really know themselves, to you know, know the the lightness and the darkness that they came to this earth with. And, you know, that means understanding their gift and and what they're here to share with the world, but also how are they self-sabotaging themselves and holding themselves back from doing that already? Um, And so, you know, the goal is, is ideally to just be there for people. I know that, you know, anyone can go through that process on their own, but having somebody to support you is going to make it 10 times better and, and really help to unveil some of that stuff that's difficult to, to excavate on your own yeah. when you're going through that process. I think people like you are, are just invaluable because, um, as you mentioned, that uh, you get them to get to where they need to faster because you know the questions to ask. You've been through it. You've been through the minefield. So you know what to pull out at, from a conversation with them. And based on that, question that you will pose to them because you know, because you've been there, it will open up and they will have an opportunity to graduate, if you will, faster than you. (laughs) So go ahead. 
<laughs> For sure. No, that's exactly it. I mean, my own journey, of course, it's a forever journey, as as we all know. But um, in terms of feeling like I've gotten to a place where I, I feel like I'm on a path that feels good for me and it feels like I'm helping yeah. people, um, that took me about two and a half years to get to where I'm at. So from being completely just lost and resentful about where my mm-hmm. life was and the the one-on-one work that I do with people is a four-month program so exactly nice. to your point it's like let me help you not cut corners but you know jump straight to the juicy stuff where you're actually yeah. going to learn about who you are and that's that's the the main baby if you will that I am working with right now um, my business is relatively young so I truly mm-hmm. haven't created a ton a ton of other offerings um, but I do think that my one-on work one-on-one work has a bunch of you know amazing things baked into it I think that's the one-on-one thing uh, or the small group thing. And I always use the example of, of uh, uh, Jesus. He had a small group and look mm-hmm. what they did. <laughs> so yeah, <right>? um, <laughs> they changed the entire world. So uh, sometimes you don't need the big crowd. You just need that small, small group that will take it to a different level than you, the teacher, can even think of and accomplish. So that is a beautiful thing. And I know that probably COVID will cause a lot of people to be in that space that you just mentioned, because I believe it came because we called it uh, as a collective. I believe we called something like this because what it did was give us the opportunity to unhook from our work. Many of us were going in there complaining, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And I think collectively we we pulled it towards us, gave us an opportunity to reset and here you are, someone like yourself, who were able to reset and to recalibrate your mind and all of those things that were necessary to move you forward. Claire, let's talk about your childhood. I love this kind of thing because the Me reason too. why I go back is because it is the space by which we are given birth um, in many ways, physically, but also emotionally, uh, spiritually, and all of the other leads that we are given birth as we begin to move through our life. Talk to me as to what was your life like and your family? Yeah, such a such a long answer I could give. But in, <laughs> in summary, um, I actually think... We have time. Coming, we have yeah, right? We well, what comes to mind immediately is, is one of the things that actually launched me on the journey I'm at right now, which is Mm -hmm. closer to present day, but it took me back to my childhood. And that was a hypnotherapy session Mm -hmm. uh, that I had a couple years ago. And, you know, she, she took me back to the womb space when I was Mm -hmm. in my mother's womb and said, you know, why did your soul choose your mother and your father when you came to this earth? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've, as a, as Claire, I have never consciously yeah. pondered this thought before. Yeah. And it, as many hypnotherapy sessions, you know, it, it just flew straight out of my mouth. Like I just knew the answer right away. And yeah. um, my, my mom is truly one of the most kind-hearted, compassionate people on this planet. I do believe that. But I mm-hmm. said in that session, I have two extreme parents. My mom is a people pleaser extraordinaire, like definition Uh, of that. And my father is more on the selfish side of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. He is 
off the charts intelligent um, (laughs) to the point where he doesn't really know how to connect with other people. So he has just kind of separated himself because of that. And so immediately these things come out of my mouth and I say, I chose them because I have a tendency to do both, to go on Mm. both sides of that spectrum. And I really believe that I chose two extremely opposite ends of the spectrum, extreme parents, because I was meant to find that common ground and, and meet myself in the middle. And that's where I will really know myself and also be able to help other people because I, I understand both sides. As a child, I was a total people pleaser, yeah, total people pleaser. Um, but I had this paradoxical nature of mm-hmm. I also was kind of cold and shut off people at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it's always been this interesting dichotomy within me where I connect with people instantly. I relate to people instantly. I've always had lots of friends. I I kind of I can definitely be a chameleon and just mm-hmm. mimic whatever energy I'm around very quickly. Um, but at the same time, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think like a lot of people who go into work that, that has anything to do with identity crisis whatsoever yeah. and understanding the human psyche, you're probably a person who has felt misunderstood your whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, despite the fact that I always have have had a lot of friends and gotten along with people very well, I've always felt different. <laughs> wow. Like like uh, my father. So yeah. it's it's just this very interesting that moment when I had that hypnotherapy session, I was like, that was something I clearly needed to uncover because I've never put it together in that way before. Yeah. What was it, Claire, that you that you can remember that caused you to go, wait a minute, and you took it and deposited into your spirit. Yeah, I feel what's coming up is that I probably should give more context on what I mean by his personality. Mm-hmm. It's it's in whereas my mother wants to please everyone and wants everyone to like her. My dad is yeah. almost the opposite. He is a button pusher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 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 really likes to question things and I think that I pulled the curiosity piece from that. Yeah. I really I really appreciate not taking things as, you know, surface level things as yeah. fact, just because yes. everyone's accepted them as such. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, that's, that's part of it. It's like, I can play the part very well yeah. that you want me to, but at a certain point, this need to uncover and this, this need to not just accept things because everybody else does is why yeah. I believe I chose my father because the way that he does that I often yeah. don't approve of or, or <laughs> I wouldn't approach it in that way yeah. um, but I can appreciate the intention behind it and yeah. and that there is so much more than yeah. know, the 3D world and what's presented to us yeah the program answered the, the question yeah, it answers the program I, I tell people the program is designed to have um, to not let you ask the questions so I love uh, people that are outside of the program, if you will, meaning that they will question um, the facts. And I always tell people there are a couple of things that are floating around, the facts and the truth. And it is up to you and I to find the truth. The facts can be changed. And so, um, and facts change all the time. But the truth yep. is a is a stationary thing and it's it stays there. It is pure um, and it's just sitting there waiting to be seen, uh, but we sometimes allow the facts to present itself as if it is truth. But fact is facts. 
is just not the truth. <laughs> so yes. here you are. You can make anything a fact, right? <laughs> exactly. Anything yeah. you can take it and you can really um, put it together and make it look real and look and feel like it is. And But the truth will come and it will change that. And it, that's where the belief system comes into play. Then we have the choice to whether to sit with facts or embrace the truth. And so the, that is where the, the human spirit resides as we particularly uh, desire to grow. So here you are, you're moving through life. You've gained, I think is a great um, tool that your dad has given to you. I know the mom piece will cause much angst, as they say, and you will have to deal with that later on in life, like all of us had to deal with it. So oh, here yeah. you are, and you're moving through. Talk to me about high school. Since you have both of these traits, if you will, uh, residing with you, how did you relate to people wanting to be a people pleaser, but still you have that diva sitting in there? How did you um, uh, relate to people uh, as a young girl? Yeah, I've actually recently um, pondered this. Oh, something got in my eye. And uh, what I came up with, what I realized upon reflection is that I, on the surface, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of authority figures, parents, teachers, whomever, I was a really good kid. Mm -hmm. um, I definitely was doing everything that was expected of me. I was, you know, captain of my sports team. I'm getting straight A's. I'm mm -hmm. literally doing everything that's expected of me. Yeah. And I chose to have many rebellions. So mm -hmm. in my head, I was, I was being a rebel. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing what any high school kid at a Catholic school would do. I'm yeah. getting way too drunk on the weekends. <laughs> you know, I'm, yeah. I'm doing all kinds of things I shouldn't be doing and, you know, quote unquote, shouldn't be doing. And <laughs> uh, during the day and during my school hours and when I'm interacting with my friends, parents and whatnot, like I'm the model child that you would love yeah. your kid to be friends with. <laughs> and so I think that this whole time, like I thought that I was, you know, fighting the system and whatnot, yeah. but really I'm, I'm still totally following exactly what I'm supposed to be doing yeah. and, uh, you know, just feeling like I'm not <laughs> yeah, <laughs> tricking my teenage mind into thinking I'm, I'm like being unique and being myself, uh, but really I'm just escaping it all. <laughs> I think we all do that to some degree. And, um, and we do that as adults as well. Uh, okay. when we get into the corporate America field and I tell people the same thing. We, we think we're, we're doing pretty good. And then we can't wait until Friday. We numb ourselves all the way till Mon uh, Sunday evening. And then we, we try to wake up comes Monday and we are back again. And then we're numbing ourselves for 30 years and 20 years and all these types of stuff. And we wake up one day and we're like, how did I get here? But that's how you got mm -hmm. there. So here you are, you're moving through. And you are, uh, you've learned how to play the game, if you will. You've learned yeah, how to. I'm a master morph. assimilator. <laughs> <laughs> You're assimilating into everything that is needed for you to progress forward. What made you choose the path by which you went into college? What conversation, what incident was it? that you can remember that said, okay, this is the path that I'm going to take well, uh, for my next stage of my human development? 
Uh, that will go back to my father's family. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, it's it's an Ivy League type family going on. Um, yeah. Very, very concerned with education on that side mm-hmm. of the family, which I so appreciate because I did get really great education because of it. Um, But it was, it was almost never an option. It was never a question. It was, Mm -hmm. I I truly never paused and even thought about it. I knew from the age of four that I was going to college. It was just which one. Yeah. Um, And, you know, I truly never stopped and thought about it Mm -hmm. until after the fact. I do believe I would have chosen it. I do believe um, where I'm at today, I, I'm grateful for having the path that I did, but mm-hmm. it it definitely was just kind of laid out for me and I didn't necessarily ever stop to think about it. And what path was that? What uh, field was it that you went into? <laughs> Here's another minor rebellion for you. <clears throat> I, you know, here comes time to apply for colleges. I was yeah. like, I'm not writing an essay. I just don't want to do it because half of the applications make you write an essay. So I was like, yeah. I can get into a good school without doing this. I applied to three <laughs> schools that didn't make me do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got into one a Clemson University is where I ended yeah. up going. And well, I got into all of them, but that's the one I ended up going to. And I decided, you know, I'm going in undeclared because I don't care. They don't let you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Because I really just, I just didn't care. I was just checking a box that I had to. So I came in as a genetics and biochemistry major just Mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm just going to click the most random thing I can think of. I literally scrolled down the list and clicked a major. Wow. When I applied, Um, you know, retrospectively realizing that was dumb because I could Mm -hmm. have not gotten accepted. That was a really small selective program and I could have gotten my (laughs) acceptance rescinded, but luckily I got in. Um, And ultimately I, again, as out of minor rebellion chose, I switched majors after a semester and I chose packaging science because that was the weirdest thing I could think of to major in. But I I'm felt like it was going because, to bring me security. Yeah, <laughs> I love at the because, same time. Uh, here you are with your little rebellion and just picking some of all kinds of stuff to to uh, stage that rebellion. Um, yes. And so you picked this one after you you uh, made a decision. Why did you pick this one? Why did you pick packaging? Um, just to rebel, or what? Because you were in that other one. And um, uh, what was the conversation that you had with yourself that says, wait a minute, I think I've, I, I don't want this one, but when I'm going into that one. Honestly, it was, it was hard and I didn't, I just, I don't like biology and obviously biochemistry yeah. being part of the name of the major, it's going to involve quite a few biology classes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and that's just not my strong suit. The rest of the sciences, yeah. great, sign me up, but not biology. And so I decided to switch to packaging science because it was mm-hmm. very much um, science heavy, which I did appreciate, but only one biology yeah. class was required. Mm-hmm. But I felt like it was weird enough that, mm-hmm. it, you know, I wasn't going to be a business major. I wasn't going to be a yeah. communications major, marketing major. I was like, no, I yeah. got to do something different. Um, mm-hmm. But I knew two people who had already graduated from Clemson with this degree and had great okay. jobs. So I was like, as weird as it is, I'm still yeah. following a path yeah, yeah. that's going mm-hmm. to lead me to success in a traditional yeah. sense. Yeah. 
programming, you know, uh, college. Exactly. And then next is after your college, you're supposed to get the job and maybe get married. So where did you move? Okay, talk to me about this this young woman in college. How being around with all the different uh, um, cultures and uh, people. Here you are, you are talking about this dichotomy that is you, the uh, people pleaser with uh, the um, education piece and the, the diva, as, as I, I could sense this little diva sitting in there. So how did you manage um, your relationships in that space? So I went through the rush process, which is sorority. Like I joined a sorority and mm-hmm. I literally dropped out of process before I even got into a sorority in the last round. Cause I was like, I don't care about this. This is so stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got brought back into it. Somebody <laughs> begged me to join back and I joined yeah. and I ended up going that path and, mm-hmm. and being in the sorority fraternity bubble, um, yeah. which is a pretty big bubble at Clemson yeah, University. Yeah. And, and you know, it was a lot of people that were like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just put it that way. And by like me, I mean like this personality that I had like cultivated over yeah. the past several years. It wasn't necessarily like the me on the inside, but I didn't even know yeah. that me yet. Yeah. But it is funny thinking back on how I already was like, this just feels wrong, but I still kept doing it <laughs> and came back. Um, and I will say I am still friends with a lot of the the people that I was yeah. friends with in college, you know, 10 years later even, but they know, I know I'm in mm-hmm. a totally different place than I was yeah. then. And I, you know, ultimately it just echoed my high school years. Like I just yeah. partied, numbed, did well in mm-hmm. school and proceeded down my autopilot path that I already yeah. knew. I knew what was going to happen the next day. It was that kind yeah. of a life. Yeah. I, I remember being in that space and um, I hated uh, because I knew how the day would be. Mm-hmm. And the um, that was in my really partying days and the clubbing days. And I got to a stage where I hated the whole thing because I knew exactly how the, the night would end. Uh, because I was one of those personality that controlled my night. I didn't allow it to, um, I, I didn't allow people to control me in a way, if you wish. And um, so I knew that there was no challenge there. And I remember I began to get angry in that space and um, just didn't want to deal with people because I just knew it. And, and so I had to part from there. I had to leave. I actually left and uh, went into an ashram because I was, I was wow, totally just a little different uh, than where you were. Yeah, at. <laughs> I, I, I was just, yeah, that's a story in itself. Um, yes. <laughs> I, I was still going, learning how to let go partying and then going to the ashram. Yeah. That's, that's a totally different story that one of these days I'm going to talk Sounds about. Sounds like a great one, though. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us um, about this, because I could see all of us, even though we were in that mold, we were fitting the mold, we were still within the mold and doing all of those things. Talk to me, Claire, as to where did you move from at, once you got out of college and you went into work? Because I know that's the place when where you started uh, realizing a few things. So talk to us as to how did you gravitate to the company that you were in and uh, your position and some of the things that were there? Classic. You won't be surprised by this. It was um, exactly when I went to school for. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the job I, I took. Um, so I went from a packaging science degree to being a packaging yeah. consultant. So I basically mm -hmm. was doing technical sales around yeah. what package customers should use for their products. Yeah. Um, and I chose it because, you know, it was what I had learned in school, but I didn't feel like it was going to be boring because it was mm -hmm. the sales side. I was getting to travel. I was getting to talk to all different personalities. Yeah. I'm not sitting behind a computer doing the engineering part of what my degree was all day yeah. long, designing packages. So that's how I chose it. Um, and I mean, truly, it was, I learned so much at this mm -hmm. job about myself, about the world, about other people. In yeah. the seven years that I was there, but this is the time, and you're you were spot on saying that COVID probably sparked this in a lot of people. Yeah. That was I I started feeling those feelings of the autopilot, you know, creeping mm -hmm. up in about 2019, yeah. so prior to mm -hmm. the pandemic. But yeah, they became unavoidable yeah. early on, obviously in in mm -hmm. 2020, where I just I couldn't pretend I wasn't feeling them anymore. And yeah. I love the uh, the quote out of um, Brene Brown's Rising Strong book where she's just like, despair is the belief that tomorrow will be exactly like today. <laughs> and that is dead on. That is exactly yeah. what I felt. I was just like, wait, these today wasn't good enough for tomorrow yeah. to be exactly like today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and how did you, as, as these, um, these feelings um, that were beginning to creep in to you, how did it affect you mentally? How did it cause you to behave as if you will? Oh man, I probably spent an entire year, no exaggeration there, being so frustrated and so mm -hmm. resentful for my situation that I just I just wallowed basically. Yeah. I was just angry and stuck, but allowing myself to stay stuck. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just, I kept praying for clarity, 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 but mm -hmm. not doing anything to find it and yeah. not doing anything to change my reality. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously that impacted my relationship with myself, but also my relationships with everyone else. Like I just mm -hmm. was, I wasn't very fun to be around. I was getting throughout this process, I was getting much more spiritual and in tune with these parts of myself, but it was like this, again, paradox where I was, but nothing was changing in my reality because I wasn't doing anything to change yeah. my reality. And so yeah. I was becoming more whole and more fragmented at the same time. It was it a was yeah. very interesting time in my life. <laughs> it's not a powerful place to be because it, the unrest there is incredible. I tell people the dark places are designed to bring out creator in you. Mm -hmm. If it is not dark, you don't really need creator. Um, you are drinking, you're partying, <laughs> you know, creator is numb, but the creator resides within you and is waiting for that opportunity for you to call on it or him or her. So talk to me as you are here within this space and that knowing creator is calling at you to do something because uh, you're there. You need to take action to make the reality of what you are longing for. Now, talk to us about your longing and what happened, what took place that caused you to, um, to give you that jolt 
where you go, you have to, at this space now, make a new agreement with yourself. What was it uh, that happened and how did it pull you to there? Yeah, so why I believe that it started in 2019, even though I wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily aware that it had started yeah. at that time, was because that's when I hit kind of, you know, quote unquote, peak achievement in my yeah. company. Like I was getting recognized. I, I was one of the youngest people getting recognized for how well I was doing. And like, I won the trip to Hawaii, you know, like I, I got yeah, all of all these the accolades, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And it was beautiful and it was wonderful. And I enjoyed it so much. And then I came back and nothing was different. And I kind of had that moment of, wait, is that the <laughs> best? Thing that's going to happen to me in the next 30 years because this is yeah. that was great but like that's not necessarily my version of yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what I want in life to feel fulfilled mm -hmm. and it was little things like that that just were you know it, it started these questions in my mind yeah. of like okay but then what do you want yeah. and I think that's where a lot of that frustration came in because I didn't mm -hmm. know what I wanted. I had never thought about what I wanted in literally my entire life. Yeah. Um, back to that people pleasing. I was like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, I have no idea what I what I want. I know what I'm, yeah. you know, quote unquote good at, but is that mm -hmm. even what I want to be good at? Because that's yeah. just what was expected of me. Yeah. Um, so it was, I would say it was that. It was the, oh no, if that's the best it's gonna get, I've got to figure out. Something yeah. else something more that feels like true fulfillment to me yeah. and so it was this like journey of figuring out what i even cared about <laughs> talk to us about that journey claire um here you are you just came back and you asked this question and the uneasiness the reality of the answer uh causes you to question everything talk to us about that space right there what did you start to do and um, how did it start to change you as you began to navigate uh, trying to find your way? And this is when you started. Uh, this is what you are going to save some of those people from because you know the questions that will keep them from going to where we are about to talk. Talk to me about some of those um, places. How did you head, end up there? What were some of those questions that guided you to that place? For sure. So. I think it starts with that whole year that I was, yeah. you know, frustrated, but I was at the same time deepening and really exploring for the first time my spiritual practices. Like this mm -hmm. is, I had meditated before, but this is the first time I had ever gotten really into meditation. And, yeah. and for pretty much that whole year, probably because I had so much to release that I was <laughs> holding up, uh, mm -hmm. I would you know, as a release, I would cry every single time I meditated. It wasn't tears yeah. of joy. It wasn't tears of sadness. Just my eyes would start crying every single yeah. time I meditated. Um, so I was like, okay, like there's, there's something to this. And I just continued to explore things like that. I got really into astrology again, back to the, when you're misunderstood, you, you want yeah. to understand yourself uh, mm -hmm. and others. So I got really into astrology, into human design, into these things that could help me to mm -hmm. understand myself better um, and also understand others better and why maybe yeah. I was different from other people yeah. and why they were different from me in a lot of ways. And uh, I mean, ultimately, it took a lot of reading, consuming, listening to podcasts, um, all of those things for me to realize after a year, 
I had to actually, you know, do something, not just <laughs> listen to something and yeah. consume all of this information about how to change my life. I had to actually yeah. integrate some of yeah. it <laughs> and take the first step. And I think that was the scariest thing for me because, you know, once you once you take a step, you can't take it back. It was kind yeah. of how I was thinking. And it was like, yeah. what if I choose the wrong direction? I don't know what I like. <laughs> yeah. um, and ultimately, I got to the point where I didn't care. I was so uncomfortable with where I was at that mm -hmm. trying something new and the fear that came with that was less yeah. scary than being stuck yeah. where I was. Yeah. And so, yeah, ultimately I just ended up trying a bunch of different things and going to meet with new people and new communities and new spaces that I wouldn't have gone to previously, but now I was more open to and curious about. Yeah. And I, I mm -hmm. just really followed my curiosity until you know, certain things from each, yeah. each situation stuck and led me to where I'm at today. Yeah, it is a uh, accumulation of uh, different principles as you move from one space to another. And I think what you what happens at that space that you are, you are collecting those principles, and then you will mm -hmm. formulate yours uh, based on that collection uh, that you are doing. And as you assimilate those that taste good to your spirit, if you will. And um, you'll go to some place and they would say something and it doesn't taste well. You'll go somewhere else and it drops into your spirit. You're like, I like that. And so mm -hmm. you began to accumulate all of these different um, spices as you begin to cook this wonderful dish. And um, once you're finished with um, the assimilation of all of those spices and you present this dish to yourself first, because that's you're cooking for for yourself. It's not for anyone else. And once you taste yes. it, and you began to uh, you taste it by incorporating it and by practicing it. Meditation. I tell people it is the place by which I gained much wisdom about who I was. I controlled my day right there. I learned how to not let anyone's energy disrupt mine right there at that place of my. Um, meditation. I learned patience with me. I learned how to control my thoughts there. I learned how to control my breath. It's a place of sheer power, and it is a spiritual place. I tell people to, and I know a lot of people, the classic meditation can do it. Find that something, running, walking. Um, I know a lady that did it when she was vacuuming. Um, create that space. Um, a housewife, she tells me that's when she, she meditates. And I'm like, good, mm -hmm. because your mind, it is your space. Yeah, you know, meditation is based on you, how you assimilate it into you. So here you are, you assimilated one of the most powerful things that uh, an individual could do while you're accumulating all of this data, extra principles. So talk to us when you began to see a little light clear when it began to go, wait a minute, this makes sense. Wait a minute, that makes sense. And when you start uh, mixing your dish together, and how did you feel at that space when you began to, it began to really make sense. Your spirit, you felt one, your mind, your souls felt at one, your body felt as one. How did you like it? What were those things? And how did you move forward? Yeah, I I think 
I agree with everything you just said. I definitely do. But I think that also for me, I will just mention before I dive into that is that that the meditation practice and all of that mm-hmm. really opened me up to to recognizing that what I was going to find once I got mm-hmm. to the point of <laughs> of what we're talking about now is that there's so much more than what I've what I had come across up to yes. that point in my life. There was so much more. Yeah. And so it really became this journey of chasing these things, yeah. you know, seeking yeah. out these opportunities to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And so the first step I took, if you will, that was actually action was <laughs> I went to some person on Instagram, like posted a women's circle. I had no mm-hmm. idea what that meant. And I knew it was something I never would have clicked, uh, you know, a year before, but I signed up on a whim Mm -hmm. and I ended up going, you know, a week later, whatever, whenever it was. And I get to her house and she's like, you know, we were supposed to be seven of us here and five people canceled uh, within the past two days. So it ended up Mm. being me, her and one other person there. And we stayed for hours after Mm -hmm. she intended us to because i mean yes we connected with the host absolutely but me and the other girl that actually ended up showing up had just the most wild connections like Mm -hmm. i i truly came home from this and i made a voice recording because i was just i had never experienced something like this in my life and i was just like i think i met a soulmate like i think i met somebody who is connected to my soul this is so crazy um and yeah really things just unfolded from there because it was it was having that one experience that Mm -hmm. opened me up to being like wait what if i continue to try anything that sparks my curiosity will things like this will connections like this continue to happen um so connection definitely became a big piece of what i do um, yes, and it's it's not just with the self, but it's with others that I think yeah. is is one of the things that I help people to do because when you can connect with yourself, you are then able to better connect with others as well. Um, and that was kind of the first taste that I got of that that night, and it was it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. I've had that before. I try to tell people, and I wrote it about this. Um, and I was in that class uh, where I would tell people, but I was very sparing with that because I understood it meant something that when I released those words, it, it demanded a certain behavior with it. And so I was very sparing with uh, the word, I love you, because I knew something that I, I didn't, to me, I thought it carried more value than what I was living and experiencing. And I did not understand it until I fell in love with myself. And when I did that, then I understood the power and the purpose of love. Because when I would say I love someone before that, I really didn't understand what love was until I had to learn how to be forgiving to Ken. I had to learn how to love him within his mess. I had to learn how to be patient with him. I had to learn all of these things with this gentleman. And when I fell in love with him, clear, when I looked at someone and I said to them, I love you, the energy that I released with those words was definitely different than before. And so Mm -hmm. when you talk about 
connection with someone, with self, and then with others. That is the progression of things. Once you have connected with you and understand the richness of who you are, the energy of your love, you, your being, and the richness of you, that when you are with the others, it intensifies to a degree that it's unexplainable in the English language because it's deeper to, as you said, your soul understands. And when it does, um, you try with the best words that you can to try and explain that. But your soul, it does something, (laughs) you know, and that's where we're supposed to be. That's how we're supposed to connect with each other, Claire. And and how many of us are um, got a chance to experience that? And it's a shame because it is something that needs to be experienced all day long. So once you got this experience that began to change your life and you see the connectiveness, uh, even though we, I tell people we are independent, which we all have to be, but we are also interdependent. When you made that connection of loving yourself, uh, first I want you to talk to me about some of those. How did you overcome your people-pleasing ability? And uh, because I know you have to learn now how to deal with boundaries and all of those things. How did you, let's talk about that, because a lot of people are right there, um, Claire, just constantly pleasing people but don't know anything about themselves. How did you begin to manage that part of you and your being? Yeah, I think it goes back to what you just said, where you have that moment and your soul really does shift. It's like you just you can't experience life the same way that you were before this happened. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to say that my whole life changed overnight because it didn't, but my perspective on life changed overnight for sure. Mm -hmm. And once I had that space held for me for the first time, and that was really one of the first times I ever felt truly seen, (laughs) if you will. Um, I really just, I wanted to create more of those conscious connections for other people as well. Mm -hmm. I wanted to consciously connect with people. I didn't want to go sit at a brewery and, you know, I don't even know, talk about college football all day. Like that just wasn't, (laughs) wasn't what I wanted to do. And so it turned into this slow process of me really actually for the first time honoring what I wanted to do and yeah. And saying no when things like that would happen, <laughs> um, you know, it how did definitely it feel? turned in. How, how did it, it feel? Isolating. Um, uh, yeah, because you have to you have to rub against this thing that you're familiar with mm-hmm. and creating this new you and that word coming out of your mouth. No. And you find yourself looking around to your yourself, oh. realizing yeah what the hell did I just say? But you knew that that's what you had to say at that time. Talk to us about that because it is a scary place, uh, Claire, to be there. Yes, it was. And I, and I can tell you right now that that's why for an entire year prior to this, that I Mm -hmm. stayed where I was and just (laughs) felt more comfortable being angry and resentful for where I was at than actually doing anything about it. And I think having starting to have the experiences of consciously connecting with people, of recognizing myself and what I actually cared about, yeah. that was really when I just, I would try it out in safer ways. You know, mm-hmm. I would try to express how, how I wanted to f- 
experience the day or like yeah. say no to somebody who was I knew was still going to like talk to me, you know, if I said <laughs> no to them and they weren't, yeah. weren't going to make a big deal about it. That was really how I tested the waters, if you yeah. will. Um, and eventually it, it just... I think I'm a master boundary setter now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I am very clear, um, you know, that and that's why up. I say, yeah, well, that's why I say I'm like my friends from college. I definitely am still friends with them, but they absolutely yeah. know that I, they'll let me know if what they're doing, but they don't expect me to join if it's something yeah, that I don't yeah. want to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I appreciate them for respecting that. And, yeah. and it's, it really was a situation of me having to come to terms with, hey, do you really want this person or this situation or this, you know, job relationship, whatever you want to call it in your life, if they're yeah. not going to be okay with you honoring what you want? Yeah. The energy becomes, um, the shift in energy becomes noticeable to yours. Uh, to them, they're not, they don't know anything because they don't know. But you mm -hmm. have been awoken. And once you are awake, it you cannot go back to sleep. And so you have the choice now as to the type of energy because you recognize that all is energy. And so uh, the conversation that you and I are having are energies, energy being transported uh, through sound waves and all these different things. So I'm very um, stingy as to the type of energy that I allow within my space because I know what some of the energy does when they're showed up in my house or my space. And I don't want to spend that commodity um, that way. And so I don't allow it because um, it can be very expensive, man. Let me put it that way, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. Uh, and, and for me, I think for anybody who's like on this journey of self-discovery and, and really reckoning with their soul, if you will. Yeah that can be one of the fastest ways to kind of revert back into yes. this version of yourself that you are trying to get past. And you, yes. you know you've outgrown yes. it, but you're continuing mm -hmm. to keep yourself surrounded by people and environments that are keeping you there. And it's yeah. it's this moment where you have to decide, you know, do I do I want to stay where I'm at? Or is it is it time for me to do some things differently and yeah. and get closer to where I want to go and the version of myself that I know that I can be and want yeah. to be. So here, this young woman now, she has been awakened. She has uh, taken all of the different um, pieces and that she has acquired as she began to move and learn. She's uh, grabbed a couple of tools, meditation, and all of these other tools that you've gravitated to, and you started to create you. What made you, what happened, Claire, that you said, you know what, I think I'm ready to go out there and um, I'll give it a shot and see what happens because you're moving now and you're going into a space that you have no, nothing. You got nothing. You got mm -hmm. you and you had no training. You got no uh, college behind you. You have uh, you. How did you proceed? Because that is a can be a scary place to be. It's also could be a very liberating place. Talk to me about those two things that you had to deal with, because you have to deal with the scariness of it first before you are liberated. And what did you do and how did you do it to become liberated? Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to explain the feeling. <laughs> it's absolutely both. You're... Yeah. 
you know, simultaneously terrified to shatter the life that you've worked so hard to create. And, Mm -hmm. you know, in my situation, by societal terms was, you know, a quote unquote, great life. Like I really (laughs) had everything that I should have had and more. Um, And I still wasn't happy. So it was like this immense gratitude for being aware of that and knowing that I one day, because I was aware of that and because I'm a person who will, you know, work hard to get to where I want to be, I, it was like, oh, this is amazing because I've realized this mm-hmm. at the age of, you know, 27, 28 years old. So this means, you know, hopefully I've got time to create in <laughs> the life that I actually want. But it was also like, oh, yeah. shit, that means I actually have to do it. <laughs> it was the, oh, no, I actually have to, like, take the steps to get to that point. That, that yeah. was the terrifying piece. And yeah. um, in my situation, I... I knew, you know, as much as this job had served me financially and through growth and whatnot, at one point I had outgrown it. Yeah. It no longer was was the the way I needed to spend forty plus hours a week. Mm-hmm. I think that was to your point of time. Um, yeah, that was definitely one of the first things that I knew I needed to shift. But it was also yeah. definitely the scariest one yeah. for me mm-hmm. because it was like to your point: how do I go from being in a situation where I'm totally qualified and I know I'm good at what I'm doing and yeah. I'm getting compensated accordingly to yes. a giant question mark. <laughs> yeah. That's the program. The program, that space right there is the programming's, one of its final, um, uh, uh, if you will, you know, things that it drops to us. Moving from uh, security, because they present it as how are you going to Buy or provide for yourself if you move from here. You have it here, all of it. We got you. We got you. You know, you're comfortable here. We're holding your space. If you step out from under this, you will never make it. <laughs> and yes. you have to come to terms with that. Um, here you are, right there, Claire. How did you do it? I. Again, I, I at this point I had followed my curiosity several times, you know, mm-hmm. to to deepening into myself and figuring out what I wanted and what I yeah. cared about in life, what I wanted as a part of every day of my life. And in November of 2021, I began piecing these things together and and creating a business, not mm-hmm. having any idea of, you know, how I could, or, or when I guess I could actually share it with people. Um, yeah. But knowing, hey, how am I ever going to be able to if I don't start putting it together at some point? Yeah. And of course, this is the exact time that I get tested by mm-hmm. the universe, I like to say. Yeah. And, um, you know, I get a salary bump. Yep, always. <laughs> of course, of course. Always. Why would that not happen in December, right after November, I'm yeah. starting to create this this exit plan. Uh, yeah. And, you know, fast forward a year later, I made the largest paycheck I've ever made in my life from a giant commission yeah. from an incredible year. So it was just like these, these continued, like, are you sure this is the <laughs> right path that you want to take? And, yeah. and I think it was, it spoke to how far I had come that yeah. I was beyond sure. I was like, this is nothing to me. I, yeah, yeah. I'm grateful for it because it will provide me with, you know, 
the finances to get my business off the ground faster. And that's how mm-hmm. I viewed it. It wasn't like yeah. this is incentive to stay. Um, yeah. And I think that was 100% just due to the fact that I had actually started to put this journey of mine together in a way that could help people. And I could share mm-hmm. it with other people and help them to experience for themselves, you know, what else was out there. Yeah. Talk to Not us a little about that. Not just this predetermined path that they thought yeah, they had because, to take. <laughs> isn't it funny? You, you get there um, and all the money I've interviewed, multimillionaires, um, people that own yacht, traveling the world and all that stuff. And they all got there to where you were at. And I remember mine as well. But we all have to come to that place. And, and I think we all get tested as to what's more important. Are you sure, as you stated? Um, and when we make that decision uh, at, and we move forward, the testing continues, and um, but the resolve grows stronger. I want you to talk to us about when you got your, your first client and when you did what you did after you left, you saw the result in that person. How did you feel? And talk to us about that space, because that is a precious space right there, the Um, if you will, that language where it tells you that you're in the right place, that mm. coaching that you, when you see them receive the, the revelation, that light bulb moment that comes about and the preciousness of that thing and how it encourages you that, hey, I just want to tap you in the show and let you know I'm with you. You're on the right path. Talk to us as to one of that uh one of your clients, Claire, and that uh, first feeling that you're sitting there and you go, I'm in it, I'm in it. Talk to us mm-hmm. about that. So I started my business while I was still full-time employed mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> at it, my it, job. Yeah. And I had, you know, I intended to get to this point where I felt comfortable to leave, which, you know, was mm-hmm. going to be however many clients that I just couldn't even deal with staying at my job because I didn't have time. Yeah. And it happened so much faster than that yeah. because of exactly what you're saying. I had two clients before I had a second quarter life crisis <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it was really just like, I cannot in good faith stay yeah. where I'm at and simultaneously support people to not do what I'm doing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so I learned a lot about myself with that. Mm. It was so beautiful because of course, you know, as many people, the first couple of clients I had were people close to me. I know them. Yeah. Um, And being able to hold space for them and make sure that they felt seen and that they felt supported and they came out knowing themselves so much more than I think that they expected. Because again, we knew each other. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. random people. They're kind of half doing me a favor, half just curious. And I think it was a beautiful experience for for both of us because Mm -hmm. I got to see them grow in a way that they didn't know or expect and mm-hmm. connect with themselves in that way. And and I also, again, learned so much about myself to the point where I was like, oh, I'm not done. Not that I yeah. thought I was done, but I'm not even done yeah. with my own program here, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, you know, quickly got to the point within, I would say within two months, I yeah. put in my letter of resignation. Yeah. 
Isn't it uh, wonderful? I was, I was like, I, it has to happen. <laughs> yeah, you have to. You have to be that servant. You can't um, have your foot in and out. The servant mm-hmm. space demands everything. Yes, it it demands everything. One must be, um, uh, if you will, married to it um, in the sense to you are one with the servant. It is who you are, and in that space. As I said to you earlier, everything is different when you get there. Um, the uh, the wind, the the barking of a dog, the bird, everything becomes different. It becomes meaningful. It becomes, as you hear those things, there's a spirit of gratitude that rises up um, with a crescendo that is loud within the human spirit. And you're, you laugh, you cry all of those emotions that are there to express how you feel hearing these noises, if you will, that puts you in a space of joy and just laughter and pleasure. And it is a great place to be. And I just want to say welcome uh, to this space. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Yeah. That was exactly it. My, my energy was scattered when I was still so focused on my career and not able to really dedicate it fully to the people that I wanted to help. And now it does not feel like that at all. I feel like I'm showing up fully for them and, and myself, which is lovely. Great place to be. Those that are listening to this conversation, it has been a pleasure. I want you guys to get into her space um, and so that she can help you. As I mentioned to you earlier, she knows the questions to ask you and to help you to um, graduate faster than if you're there just dealing with it by yourself. Uh, why? Because she's been there. She's been through the fair. She's been through all of those things that you are dealing with right now. And this woman can hold your hands and whisper those things that you would need to hear to help you to see who you are, the greatness that resides with you. Claire, thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment and gracing us with your presence. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been really amazing. You're welcome. Everyone who's listening to this podcast. We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trial to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.